soon as you can press it to start. Hello and welcome to the Anti-Football Podcast. My name is Chris. As always, I am joined by Harry. Uh, we've left this one later than usual. Um, that is completely down to me. Um, but we still have quite a lot of interesting topics to get into. Um, so, yeah, we might as well jump straight into it. Um, the first game on Friday um, was Brighton versus Burnley. Um, I'll let Harry talk about it first from an um, outsider's view. What were your thoughts on this game? Um, I'm really um, locked down. Um, I think so. I read that they abolished. Yeah. Well, I think they have done now. But okay. it was just the games that had already been agreed to be on pay per view okay. were still going to be on pay per view. There has been, they cannot, for very long. Mm. Mm. I mean, I think with the um, return of Ben May, I think that was pretty crucial um, to the improved defensive performance. Um, I mean, you know, they probably should have scored once or twice. I mean, Danny Welbeck, um, in his first Brighton start, I believe, played very well, uh, runners ragged. But. Um, I think man of the match for me definitely has to go to Ben Mee. He played excellently this game, defended really well. And I think defensively, you know, we're back to the um, first choice back five um, that we had last season, which defended really well, um, which is good to see. And I think defensively, I think we're fine now. But it's just going forward. Like, it's just, we don't offer anything. There's no creativity. There's no... Um, forward thrust, you know, whenever Dwight isn't on form, we're not on form, we're relying on this 20-year-old to, you know, produce magic for us when it's not going to happen. I think the front two need to be dropped. I think J-Rod is probably our best forward in terms of overall what he offers. Um, And Bidra, even though he was given eight minutes, you know, he still probably did more in this game than both Wooden Barnes. He got in behind the defence. Um, he got a shot on target off. I think it was the only shot on target that we had um, in this game. I think it says a lot that our most dangerous chance was Mike Loughton hitting the bar from a, some of what was clearly intended to be a cross. Um, so, yeah, I think that we definitely... It was a good point in terms of the performance but we definitely need to get a win on the board um, I think with Palace coming up after this international break I think it's definitely a must win at home even though Palace are in the form you know they're in pretty decent form they're currently sat 8th in the Premier League we still need to win because coming up after the Palace game we have such a tough run of games after Palace we have Man City away Everton at home Arsenal away Villa away Wolves at home, Leeds away. So we need to pick up a win against Palace. Otherwise, I have no idea where the next win is going to come from. Uh, Liverpool, West Ham, Villa, Man City, mm. February. Exactly. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's not great. You know, um, I think we just need to get a win to get the confidence back. Um, but I don't think that this team with the current setup is going to get that. I think. We need more creativity. I think with Westwood and Brownhill both sitting deep, uh, the front two are isolated. You know, we're barely creating anything. Um, and if we bring in Gerard, he's someone who sort of sits deeper. He comes and collects the ball from midfield as a forward. 
Uh, Vidra gets in behind the defence really well, so the long balls will work. Um, but I just think, you know, if we're not going to change that, at least sort of change the system, go to a five in midfield, just do something to change it, because this clearly isn't working. We've got two points from seven games, you know. Right. It's just, you know, you, you look back to the games against Southampton and Newcastle and their games that, you know, we could be looking at the end of the season thinking, you know, if we'd have got points there, you know, they could be the difference between staying up and going down. Where? January? Well, maybe, maybe not. It all depends on what happens with this new takeover. I mean, both um, Farnell and El Kishagi, as well as ALK, um, have been quite vocal about wanting to be in the club um, before January so that they can invest. Um, so, to be honest with you, I can't see a situation personally where um, one of those two aren't in the club before January. So I think we will see um, some form of investment, some signings coming in January. Um, I know ALK have just opened a company called, um, I think it's Kettering Holdings Limited. Kettering being um, Sean Dyche's hometown. Um, so, you know, the and the name wasn't a coincidence from all reports. So that's Alan Pace showing his support for Sean Dyche, um, showing that he is wanting to back him, um, which, you know, again, looks like a good sign. Um, the club's put out a statement saying that they are still looking to um, for external investment to come into the club. Um, so I think, you know, within these next four or five weeks, we will see um, whether, you know, how the next few years this club will go, you know, whether ALK come in, whether um, Farnell comes in. Um, I think we will definitely see um, where Burnley's fortunes will lie for the next few years. Um, as, as for the um, academy, though, that you just touched on there, um, we do have a lot of um, promising young kids coming through. Um, but I think um, from report, if reports are to be believed, they're... Um, and the majority of those um, kids will looking to loan out so they can get regular first team experience, um, which you know will be good for them. You know, at the end of their playing week in week out, will be a lot more useful to their development than you know getting twenty minutes here and there for the first team. But with that being said, there are a couple of people who I would like to see stick around. You know, Josh Benson for one um, really impressed me this season when he's played. Um, I'd like to see, you know, potentially Lewis Richardson getting some chances on Max Thompson, um, two forwards who have been really good in our academy. Um, you know, Glenn, Anthony Glennon, a fullback who's played really well. You know, there are a couple of people I would like to see stick around, um, but at the end of the day, they're probably not. They're probably going to get loan moves away from the club. No, Kettering's just where Sean Dyche is from. Oh, and it's believed that he chose that to show that he's backing John Dyche. It's somewhere down south. All right, well, that would make um, Dyche came through Forest. It's a bit... Yeah, it's, it's, it's not great. Something needs to change. Um, I think Dyche is being very stubborn. Um, you know, I think that his stubbornness is a great strength of his, but it's also a weakness. Um, the fact that he is persisting with this system that isn't working, I think, you know, he definitely needs to switch it up, 100%, I think. But I still, you know, don't get it twisted. This isn't me saying die shout or anything like that. Um, I still 
trust Daesh way more than I would anyone else to get us out of this situation, considering, you know, we've been in this situation before. Look at the um, end of 2018. We had 12 points from 19 games and we ended up staying up comfortably that season. So I 100% trust um, But something needs to change um, in terms of the team selection, in terms of the tactics. I think something needs to change. Um, and I just want to quickly touch on the James Tarkovsky situation as well. Um, coming out in the Daily Telegraph and basically saying that he wants to leave, um, saying that we've offered him a contract, but it was nowhere near what he wanted to sign. Um, and basically saying that he wants to move on from the club. Um, a lot of people have been critical of him. I personally, the only thing I dislike about that was the fact that he had to make it public. Um, I think if that had stayed behind closed doors, I don't think anyone would have blamed him particularly um, for wanting to move on. Because um, he is better than Burnley, there's no doubt about it. Um, but at the end of the day, it's put us in an awkward situation where A, he's going to sell for less money now because it's in the public knowledge that he wants to. Um, and also, you know, we're, we're going to have to sell him either in January or next summer because his contract's running out. Um, we, it was something that probably should have been addressed. I think, you know, we should have done whatever it takes to lock Tarkovsky down. But if we couldn't have done that, I'd have just sold him to Leicester when they were bidding, you know, £35 million if we knew that he wasn't going to sign a new deal. Um, so I do think that's poor foresight from the club. Um and this is a situation that definitely needs to be resolved, you know, take over or not. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, a little bit on Brighton as well. Um, I think, again, you know, not to sound like a broken record, but it's the exact same things that we've been saying um, the past few episodes, that, you know, they just need to be more clinical. I mean, you know, they have 19 shots, three on target, which is pretty poor. Um, I think Danny Welbeck played really well before he came off, but at the end of the day, you know, he was a forward. He played as a forward in that front two, and you know, with the amount of chances that were created, he probably should have scored. Um, I think the midfield three of Bissouma, Lalana, and Gross played really well together. Um, I think they missed Solly March as well because the majority of their attacks came down that right hand side. Dan Byrne isn't a particularly um, mobile wing back. I'll say he's not very attack-minded, um, but, you know, they definitely need to improve in the final third, Brighton. Yeah, yeah, we can do. Um, what were your thoughts on this game? Mm. Second, mm. paid off. Mm. Yeah, Che Adams has really um, stepped into his own uh, as the um, as this series. I think he's put in a really good partnership with Ings, um, and now that Ings is out, um, it's down to Adams to get the goals, um, and he's performed you know, a lot better than he did last season. I think towards the end of last season, we sort of um, saw Adams pick up the pace a little bit, but I think this season he's definitely performed a lot better. Um, you know, and it takes players different times to get used to a new team, a new league, a new system. Um, and I think that was probably the case with Adams. And now that he's more familiar with the Southampton style, I think he's performed a lot better. Um, you know, and like you say, you know, it was a case of, you know, when Southampton were going to get the second. Carl Darlow, again, I thought, played really well between the sticks for Newcastle, obviously. You know, they didn't have anything to show for it. Um, but he's probably been my keeper of the season, personally, Carl Darlow. I think he's been excellent for Newcastle. Um, and, yeah, it was, you know, Newcastle, you know, they didn't really create anything, <laughs> to be honest with you. I think 
Um, I know Bruce has been very limited by injuries, but the fact that he's shifted, he's reverted back to the five at the back, um, it's really hampered him uh, creatively. Um, he's not getting the best out of St. Maximum when he's playing him up front with Wilson. Um, and I think that going back to the four at the back needs to be something that um, Bruce at least considers because this five at the back formation doesn't really work for them. I don't think anyway. Coming back. Mm. I guess I... Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that was what we saw uh, with Bournemouth. He played up front with Josh King a lot. Um, but Wilson has had a good start to the season this season. I mean, he's got uh, six goals and an assist in eight Premier League matches. So you'd think that he would be capable of playing up front on his own because that's what he did for the start of the season. Um, when you know, um, he played up front, um, and he had you know Joel Linton and Almiron and later St Maximin either side of him. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and this Southampton team who um managed to top um the table at one point um after this game, um this is more the Southampton that I predicted at the start of the season. I mean, I know you take victory laps a lot because you get a lot right. Um, but I just want to take a little picture off here that, um, you know, I did predict Southampton to finish particularly well this season. I thought Ings and Adams would be a good partnership. You can go back and listen to it. Um, and yeah, Southampton have performed really well this season. I mean, they've got 16 goals in the league. You know, that's the same as Everton. You know, um, it's more than the likes of Man City, Arsenal. Um, you know, they've they've played really well going forward. It's just defensively they've been a bit suspect, you know, conceding it 12 goals in eight games. Um, you know, that's the same as us and we're sat in 19th. So defensively they have a lot to improve on, but going forward, I think they've played really well and are deservedly sat in fourth place. At the Why would you? Yeah, it seems odd because I thought that um, Solisu would come in and play really well for Southampton, but so far he hasn't got a league start. I don't know whether it's a case of he isn't fit or whether Hassan Hootel believes he won't be ready for the system yet or what. Um, but, you know, you'd think that if he isn't injured, that Salisu would be a far better centre-half option than someone like Vestergaard, who doesn't really impress me at all, to be honest with you. But not as good. I thought he was alright. When a partnership with Koscielny, I thought it was... Back oh yeah, he's always dangerous from set pieces. I mean, he's what like six foot six or something. So he is um, a danger from set pieces, but you know that's not the main priority of a centre half. They need to be defensively solid first and foremost. And Vestergaard does look shaky at times afterwards. Tracking back. Mm. Yeah, I mean his height doesn't do any favours there. Um, but he did manage to keep a clean sheet in this game. Um, but is there else you want to add on this game or we'll move on to the Everton-Man United game? Yeah. Um, again, this Everton team, like we were saying last week, you know, they had a few key players back. Um, you know, we saw the return of Seamus Coleman, Mason Holgate, um, Luke Dinier came back for this game, but there were still quite a few absentees, uh, notable absentees. Um, managed to play Bernard and Sigurdsson. Um you know, Alexi Warby eventually came on. Um, so it still wasn't a full strength um, starting 11 for Everton. Um, and it showed with the attacking output, you know, they only managed to get one shot on target, which, you know, did go in. Um, 
and I think uh, you know very good performance from um, Bruno Fernandes um, getting two goals and assist and Cavani ending you know managing to hit Matt Everton on the break um, and kill the game off in the last minute. Um, it was definitely a very encouraging performance from Man United who haven't really been all that great this season no. and that's been kind yeah the first time looked mm. Rashad's and Rodriguez is better off than mm. it looks like a you know shadow of the player he was two or three seasons ago. Yeah. and yeah I don't know whether that's just because he's gotten older or you know he's trying to get a different part of his game but either way he's just he's definitely um not at the level where Everton wants to be. Good for ice. Yeah. Defensively minus Cavalier. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, when um, we see Andre Gomez in that um, Everton side, um, it does allow Ducori to roam forward more. I mean, we saw him um, even in the number 10 position for Watford last season. So I do think that he is very capable going forward. But when you've got Sigurdsson with him, uh, alongside him in midfield, he's having to sort of cover Sigurdsson more. Um, and when we had Gomez, he was you know given more freedom. Um, and I think especially with Bernard as well replacing um, Richarlison. Although Bernard did get a goal um, within the first twenty minutes of this game, actually, um, they just this Everton side. You know, like I was saying um, at the start of the season, you know, you take one or two of those key players out, and they look a shadow of their former self. You know, after the Liverpool game, where you know they managed to get 13 points from the opening five, they've lost three on the bounce to Southampton, Newcastle, and Man United. So after this international break, you know, games against Fulham, Leeds, and Burnley will be crucial to them. They need to get back to winning ways um, because after that, they've got a pretty hard one. You know, Chelsea, Leicester, Arsenal, uh, Man City, West Ham, Wolves, Villa, Leicester again. So you know. Everton need to get back to winning ways because after, you know, people talking about Everton challenging for the title, they're now dropped all the way down to seventh place. Then they're very well in Burnley. Expect them there. But you expect them to beat, you know, Newcastle and Southampton at the time. I've played Rodriguez Iwobi. Mm. But Iwobi's not really all that impressive either, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah, I guess. Fernando, we've been... Well, actually... Um, well, I think he was probably the best January signing, Bruno Fernandes. Mm. Yeah, I mean... That was a bit daft, but you know, I do think that he has made you know quite a big difference to this Man United team. Whether that's down to him solely or whether that's down to other factors around him, but it seemed like after the Bruno Fernandes signing, Man United have improved quite a bit. Um, and I think you know you're looking at um, you know this Man United team, um, and they do look you know relatively strong. There are a couple of positions where, you know, you could argue they need to improve. I think Juan Mata out wide, whilst I, I am a fan of Juan Mata, I think he's decent. Um, I, again, I don't think he is a, you know, a, at the level where Man United are wanting to be. I think, you know, he's not as good as he was two or three seasons ago. Um, and then you look at that midfield two of Fred and McTominay, who are decent midfielders. Um, but when you've also got the likes of, you know, Donny van der Beek, who I can't believe, you know, can't get in ahead of Freddie McTominay. I think that's pretty poor, to be honest with you. I'm surprised that Van der Beek hasn't been given more of a chance, especially with Paul Pogba being dropped. The out, you know, Van der played 
Mm. Well, I mean, I think that's probably a bit harsh on him. It's just the fact that whenever he plays, to be honest with you, I think he's probably the best player for Man United. I think he's looked very impressive when he has been given a chance. It's just that he hasn't been given too many chances. I mean, he came off, he came off his palace. Mm. Uh, play, they can go where they get. Mm. Yeah, um, it's definitely um, something that needs to be improved on in this Man United side is the consistency. Um, I think under Ole, that's something that they definitely lack. You know, they go and beat PSG, they go and spank Leipzig, um, and then they look, you know, dreadful in the league against you know someone like Spurs or Arsenal um, or Crystal Palace at the first day of the season. Um, so that is definitely something that needs to be improved on. Um, got all else you want to add on this game? No, I mean we'll move on to. Um, a surprising result for me. Palace, you know, spanking Leeds pretty much 4-1. Um, you know, we know that Leeds play with high intensity, they play with a high line. Um, and Palace used that effectively, you know. We saw Eze, who was my man of the match. Um, Townsend, Ayu, Zaha, you know, effectively getting behind that Leeds defence. Um, and they exploited it, you know, pretty well throughout the whole game. That's why you... Mm. Palace play their game mm. off the. Yeah, it was. Um, it was you know, it, <laughs> you know, it, it was a very um, effective performance from Palace. I mean, they only had thirty five percent possession, but you know, they managed to exploit this Leeds defense, you know, very effectively. You know, and at the end of the day, you know, they didn't need that many chances to, you know, convert. They were very clinical. Um, I don't think there's that much else to be said. The other thing I want to note is that the Bamford goal that was ruled out was bullshit. Like you said, yeah, it's um, it's not it's not going to be um, great for Leeds. I mean, you know, they are playing very good football, but you know, it, they're capable of being caught out. You know, conceded 17 goals this season, which is the joint worst in the league. Um, and I mean, they've scored 14, but they just need to be more defensively solid. I think replacing um, White with Cock um, isn't, it's not a like for like replacement. I mean, it's not really a, um, oh, what's the word? It's, it's a downgrade, actually. And they are, um, they'll go down. Um, but, you know, the defence is something that definitely needs to be looked at. In terms of improvement, Diego, um, I think he's injured at the moment. Um, I'm not too sure on that. He's yet to. Hmm. Well, that is something that you do see with um, Bielsa. Is um, it does take a while for his um him to incorporate new signings. He does tend to um stick to his guns with his teams quite often. The um, massive hmm. but Palace but at the end of the day, teams from the Championship will always have smaller squads than teams from the Premier League. That's inevitable, really. They have less money, so they can't afford the bigger squads. Mm. Well, that's what they're hearing your morning about it. See ya. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, coming off the back of um, four... Uh, not four. Coming off the back of two 4-1 losses um, and leads, you know, they're going into a tough run of fixtures. Um, we could see Leeds drop into the relegation zone within the next few weeks. I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't think they'll go down. Um, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see A, how they perform against the bigger teams and B, how they react to being in potential danger. 
Ahani did the bottom. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong, there's three worst teams. And I'll let you go first. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? Chelsea. Spending a bit of a start, going 1-0 down. Signing up. It's a shame he had 500 was broken. Yeah, I mean, he's not the most prolific striker. I believe it was two goals last season from Goldrick. Um, but yeah, this was a far better Chelsea performance. I think Hakim Ziyech performed really well. Um, I think Werner out wide has found his best position. I know up front for Leipzig, um, he had a very good partnership with, um, oh, what's his face, Poulsen. Um, but I think that putting him out wide is is looking far better than up top on his own. Um, and, you know, another thing I wanted to just point out was Kante. That, this has probably been his best performance of the season because he's played in that ball winner role, in that sweeper role. You know, he's not being asked to go forward, to roam forward, um, like he has been doing when Jorginho's been in the team. So I think this is definitely his best performance of the season because he was actually played in the right position. There are almost like issues, but they're good. How do you fit? How do you fit? Our defence is vast. Thiago's... Mm, yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, like Chilwell, you know, you're talking about Mendy being the signing of the season. Um, I'd personally go with Chilwell, personally. I think he's um, looked a lot better for Chelsea than he has done for Leicester. I wasn't really too impressed with him at Leicester, if I'm totally honest. I thought you overpaid for him. Um, but he's definitely filled a goal that desperately need filling for Chelsea last season, that left-back position. Um, and he's played very well every time he's played for Chelsea. Behind game introduction, James, that's a uh, really decent score. Mm, yeah, I think, you know, the, this Chelsea team was definitely... Um, a big improvement of the first team to get 20 goals this season. Um, and going forward, they you know, they look pretty dangerous with that front three. And like you say, when the likes of Pulisic come back, um, there's definitely um, a dilemma on um, Lampard's hands. But it's a good problem to have. Um, I think, you know, this Chelsea team, oh, I, I think it's too early to say that they'll be challenging for the title. I'm still not too convinced yet. Because um, I think, like um, the problems that Everton have, I think especially defensively, you get one or two injuries and I think the cracks will start to show. But I think this first team is definitely um, capable of going on and doing some pretty good things. I think the blip's going to change and the introduction to go dribbling, but he just didn't know mm. yet. has a direction of getting to mm. Yeah, um, I think he's you know played brilliantly since he's come in. Um yeah, um, you got all else you wanted to add on this game? No, um, I mean, we'll move on to the West Ham and Fulham game, which was far less entertaining, it has to be said. Suchek managing to grab a 90th minute winner, the only goal of the game. Um, and yeah, it was a pretty decent performance defensively from Fulham, but at the end of the day, come out of it with a loss. Well, down to, you know, a bit of stupidity from Luckman. Well, you know, that could be the difference between form staying up and going down, you know. I want one. Well, no. What was... Mm, yeah. Um, I think, you know, it looks good if it goes off, but, you know, you just look like a prat when it doesn't. So, just well, them scoring. Person I've gotten there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think that um, it was great. To be honest with you. No. Um, yeah, I mean, to be fair... Um, the Fulham players, you know, went straight over to Luckman to console him um, after he missed it. So, yeah. um, 
But yeah, I mean, other than that, there's not really too many talking points. West Ham dominated the majority of the game and they ended up um, getting the win. Um, Fed and Rama getting 20 minutes and managing to bag an assist. Uh, it looks like that he will be introduced slowly um, into this West Ham team. Um, I think looks very lively when he came on. Um, more lively than Fawn Alts, if I'm completely honest. Um, but I can't see West Ham's future being a 3-4-3, to be honest with you. I can see when um, Antonio comes back, a front four of Ben Rama, Fornells, Bowen and Antonio would be um, very dangerous front four. Who gets more goals? Um, well, I mean, um, you know, again, it depends how much he starts. Um, I mean, you know, last season for Brentford... Um, he was a very, um, he, he was very inconsistent. He wasn't, you know, how, how, how do I put this? Because he, he definitely played well last season. Um, but, you know, he wasn't outstanding like Watkins was. I mean, he, I think if I recall correctly, he got about double the goals than he did assists. Um, but um, I think he got about like 16 goals and eight assists off the top of my head, something like that. Because um, he was cutting in um from the left hand side on his right foot. Um and I think but you know it all depends on the system, you know, the way that West Ham play. You know, they could play him on the right hand side and ask him to get crosses in. Um, you know, with the you know left foot of Jared Bowen, they can easily swap wings. So it all depends how they deploy him. Um but he is someone who can bag goals and he's also someone who can bag assists. So it all depends. Yeah, um it's not you see, it wasn't great. There's not much to talk about. So, yeah, we'll move on to the um, West Brom and Spurs game. What were your thoughts on that? Well, Spurs, should have, they should have the worst of thrashing. Like, Man United struggling one. Mm. I found bail. Not for the full 90. Yeah. Well, better mm. I thought Conor Granagher was... Uh... Mm. Um, I think it was just a case with West Brom um, damage control, really. I think they were hoping to hold Spurs. I don't think they were... Well, I'm not going to say they were trying to score, because at the end of the day, the teams always try to score. Um, but I think defensively, um, being solid was the priority. I mean, Pereira, neither Pereira or Dean Garner started. Um, they reverted back to a five at the back. Um, and it very nearly worked for West Brom. I think the three centre-halves, Bartley, O'Shea and Ajay, played relatively well. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day... Spurs managed to break through, um, and that's a sign of a team who will finish strongly this season. I think Spurs are definitely leading candidates to finishing the top four this season. Reggie Lona Gallagher, that Carlin uh, was forcing that. Mm. I like, I like less of it benefit. Mm. Oh yeah, I think with you know the likes of Son, Bale, um, you know. Lucas, um, and when he comes back to full fitness, Bergwijn. Um, you've got very attacking wingers who can bag goals. Um, so Kane dropping deeper, uh, which he's always been a good passer. He's always been very underrated with his passing. Um, but Kane managing to drop deeper and actually getting quite a few assists this season. Um, he's definitely improved to that side of his game. And I think that'll improve his longevity as well. Um, I think he's got, you know, 
15 goal contributions in eight games and eight of those were assists this season. So he's definitely shown a new side to his game, Kane. Um, and I think, you know, he's definitely in the top two at the very least forwards in the world at the moment, Harry Kane, if not the best. Did he only get... Um, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I, I seem to remember that he's got more this season. Um than he has than he did all of last season. Yeah. Mm. Um well it's a tricky one really. Um I think if they're ever gonna do it, I think it's gonna be this season. Um with the injuries that Liverpool have got with Sal- uh, not Southampton the DL with Arsenal, Man City, Man United not looking at their best. Um with Chelsea taking a while to get going with Villa and Everton looking potentially like dropping off. I know that obviously Villa got a good result, um, but I don't think they'll be up there. I think this is definitely Spurs' best chance in a while. Since the Leicester title victory, this is the best chance that they have of winning the league. And I think under someone like Jose, who is a proven winner, I think they're definitely going to be up there come the end of the season. If I had to put money on them winning the league, I don't know. There's definitely a good chance of, I'll say that. Stats are. I mean, you know. And when he's already got 400% of that. Like, mm, yeah. Um, but yeah, is there anything else you want to add on to this or we move on? Right. Uh, Tale of- essentially, yeah, there wasn't really much else going on. I think Leicester and Wolves are two very attacking teams that cancelled themselves out, basically. Um, Bardi obviously scoring the first penalty and missing the second. Um, but there wasn't much attacking action from either team, which was pretty disappointing considering they're both two pretty attacking teams. There's about another in Leicester. Um, the first one... Mm, yeah, I was wondering um, what you made to that penalty. Um, I mean, you know, ugh, it, it was very harsh in my opinion. But... I had less time to react. Mm. So yeah, like the second stone wall, but that was mm. involved. They did in the first one, yeah. It's been a very slow start to um Wolves' season. You know, I was predicting that without um the constraints of European football that they would um go on and you know break into that top six potentially. Um but it hasn't really happened that way. Um they've had a particularly slow and unexciting start to the season, Wolves, who are currently on minus one goal difference. Implemented a bit Spurs. Yeah. Like no good loss. I don't know. That more rest of the games. Yeah, I I mean, you know at at the end of the day you've got to look at this Wolves team. Um and I mean, based off of the transfers that they've made this season, you know, like you said, um they'd lost Doherty, they'd lost um oh fucking Jota, that's his name. Um uh, and they were two, you know, key players for them last season um they've lost those two um and you know the players that they've brought in you know haven't really filled that hole you know well i mean they didn't really replace jota at all um and importance was brought in in january yeah started Mm. brought in a replacement in january yeah but yeah this wolves team you know it arguably looks weaker than the one last season. I think these transfer dealings haven't been great for Wolves. You know, they've put... They've invested a lot of money into um, Fabio Silva, 
who you know could prove to be worth that money, but right now isn't starting games. He isn't a you know mainstay in that Wolves team, and after losing a pretty crucial attacking outlet in Jota, um, they probably should have spent the money wiser on someone who gets into that first team. Jota, a player of twelve points. Yeah. And he's not a wide man as well. So, you know, the two completely different positions. I mean, don't get me wrong, I do think that they needed another forward as backup to Raul Jimenez. But, you know, like when they've sold Jota and not replaced him, I think that's a very big mistake. Yeah, they mm. have. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they've loaned out um, Morgan Gibbs White and they've loaned in Bettinia. Um, which, you know, they're not really um, like for like. Um, Vitinha's probably more of a defensive-minded uh, midfielder than Gibbs White. And yeah, you know, like you say, with lack of depth, which was an issue last season with Europe, but again, it's something that they haven't really addressed this season. Why well, actually, we have to be... Oh, um, Keanu Hoover. Yeah, well, he's more of a right-back, is Hoover. Well, Hoover's really more one for the future. Only 19, I think. So, mm. and they've been playing Saiz in various different positions as well. Yeah. Really? He's, he's been back on Yeah, I mean, well, he did start out as a midfielder who's been converted to a centre back, who's currently been converted to a wing back. Um, but yeah, he's not been, you know, he's, he's not been the best um, that they could have played, I'll say. Um, and yeah, this Wolves team just looks a lot weaker, also. Mm, yeah. Yeah, we can do. Um, there was a lot of controversy in this game. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll let you start off with um, the one all draw between Man City and Liverpool. Tale of Carl Walker and Tiny and mm. Salah scoring. Uh, essentially, yeah. And But I fair. Mm. It's fair. I mean, I still thought it was a lot of bollocks, personally. Um even if it wasn't as bad as the um, the penalty against Wolves, I still think it was a lot of bollocks, personal. Mm. But that got awful. Yeah, you know, just, you know, a player of De Bruyne's quality, you don't expect him to miss, you know. Like, you know, you can understand the keeper saving a penalty. He shouldn't be missing that. They've just completely uh, dragged it wide, um, which, you know, is unacceptable because that would have won in the game. Um, and, I mean, yeah, it was just, you know, it, it was poor from City again, to be honest with you, because you know, they had the majority of the ball. They arguably created more, but you know, they weren't all that going forward, even with the return of Jesus. I think this City team just looks stale, personally. Gary, mm-hmm. mm. I thought I really like mm. players. Mm. Yeah, um, and Liverpool's Injury problems continue to get worse. You've got Trent going off injured in this game. Um, and during international um, games, both Gomez and Robertson have gotten injured. So that's some more injury problems. Um, as well as Salah, I believe, um, is rumoured to be out for the Leicester game. Yeah. Um, so, again, that's another... Big loss for uh, quite a few big losses. Sorry for Liverpool, um, exactly. And you know if they're going into that that game with 
you know, five or six key players out, you know, then Leicester could very easily punish this Liverpool team. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you'd assume, you know, um, Milner will come in, um, Neko Williams, you'd assume, would come in, um, potentially one of Reese Williams and Nat Phillips, depending on who's fit. You know, um, it's it's definitely a poor situation for Jürgen Klopp to be in, where all of his first choice defence is out injured: Robertson, Trent, Gomez, and Van Dijk. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see how Klopp gets around that. Yeah, he is, but Reese Williams is a centre half. No, that's Nathaniel Phillips. Um, I mean, you know, I'm not able to comment on how good he is, but that could be another option. You know, completely. Oh, yeah. Um, doesn't he have Corona? Or am I making that up? I think he had Corona. All right. Me being thick then. Um, so, yeah, you'd think he'd come in with either um, Milner or Mecco Williams filling in at right back. You could even potentially put Milner at centre-half um, alongside Matip if you were really desperate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we've seen Curtis Jones coming for a bit. You'd think that, you know, there would probably be a front three of Mane, Jota and Firmino going back to that 4-3-3. So you maybe see Curtis Jones slot into that midfield alongside Henderson and Wijnaldum. But yeah, it's definitely not an ideal situation for Liverpool to be in. Um, have you got what else you want to add on to this game or we to move on? Yeah, we'll move on to um, Aston Villa absolutely spanking. Arsenal at the Emirates 3-0 um, what did you make of this? The first goal was really mm. yeah I mean it was absolutely ridiculous I mean you know it took 90 seconds to score and it took about 7 minutes to be ruled offside I think that's absolutely ridiculous and Bart was oh yeah exactly a sack of mm. back off but that only set an off spark mm, yeah um, I think that um, Watkins has definitely found his groove in the Premier League. Um, I think you know it was top quality for Brentford last season. And I think in this Villa team, he's done really well. You know, six goals and an assist in his first seven. Um, and I think you know this Villa team, you know, they just look far better. You know, they've spent a lot of money, but unlike last season, they've spent money on a few players who they know would improve the team. You know. Bringing in Ollie Watkins, bringing in Ross Barkley, bringing in Matty Cash, bringing in Martinez, you know, positions where they needed to improve, they've improved it. Um, Bertrand Traore as well, yeah, I mean, he's currently out injured at the moment, um, but, you know, he's looked decent when he's been called upon. Um, And yeah, um, it's very good from Villa. Um, On the opposite end of the spectrum, you've got Arsenal, who, you know, I don't think this 3-4-3 is going to help them move forwards, to be honest with you. I think that um, they've gotten all they can out of it. But I think they really could do with going to a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1 or getting some sort of three-man midfield, going to four at the back or just changing something because this isn't working at the moment. Mm. Yeah, um, I think, you know, that... I think if it was up to me personally, I'd be going to a four-three-three: Bellerin and Tierney at uh, left back and right back, uh, a midfield three of Partey, El Nene, and one of Xhaka or Sabios, probably Sabios, 
and then a front three of Saka, Pepe and Aubameyang. Because Aubameyang just hasn't been firing this season. I think that putting him back down the middle would help him a lot. Really? Um, I mean, you know, he, he started off well against Fulham, but besides that, I think he's been relatively quiet. I don't think that he's shown that he's any better than Pepe, to be honest with you. I mean, you take away those two ass- those two assists against Fulham um, at the start of the season were the only two goal contributions that he's got all season. So, oh, very- yeah, um, you, know, you know, I think that's, you know, down to, you know, I don't even know, to be honest with you. I was about to go into some sort of spiel, but I have no idea what to blame that on, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, it will be interesting to see if Villa um, do get some injuries like Everton, how they'll deal with that, because they haven't really lost any key players this season. Um, I know, you know, obviously, um, Bertrand Traore, but he hasn't really been a key starter for them. Um, I know Heaton's coming back to full fitness. I know Wesley's close as well. Um, but again, they haven't featured at all this season, so it will be interesting to see if you took out some of those key players like Barkley, like Grealish, like Watkins, like McGinn, how they would respond to that and whether they would still be as good, whether it's a cognitive machine or whether they would collapse similar to Everton because you look at that bench and it's definitely um, nowhere near as strong as the first team, in my opinion. Mm. And David. Yeah, mm. But, you know, most of the time he's only been given like 10 minutes and it's hard for anyone to um, impress in that time. Yeah, um, I mean, there's not really too much else to discuss. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's about it for this episode. I mean, you know, what time is it? I, we're, we've done uh, almost 90 minutes, so I think that's a decent spot. Um, have you got out your one to plug, Harry? Yep, uh, and I'll plug mine at IWGP Chris BFC, and you can follow the podcast at Anti Football Pod. Um, that is it from us, and we'll see you lot next time. Bye.